You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. and welcome to Corporate Quitter. I'm your host, Gabby Ionello, And today's guest is super, super special because she made some significant transformations possible in my life just with a couple of sessions. And if any of you follow me on social, you know I was raving about this. So you're going to hear a ton about it today from the flesh. But her name is Christy Nix. She's a professional speaker, visual artist, expert storyteller, and an emotional clarity coach. She's a Reiki master, a therapeutic yoga instructor, and the co-founder of the revolutionary coaching practice REST, which is something that I've used about three times at this point. She's partnered with two PhD scientists with expertise in neuroscience and molecular biology, and together they are on a mission to help you conquer your emotions using science-backed techniques with proven results over the past 20 years. And no, they don't talk about Bruno. So Christy, who the hell is Bruno and why don't you talk about him? (laughs) Okay, if you haven't seen the movie Encanto, I don't want to give away the whole plot. You might watch it tonight, right? But Bruno is one of the family members who gets blamed for problems of the village. I mean, he's blamed for everything. They've wrote a song like we don't talk about Bruno and the whole town doesn't talk about him kind of like a happier version of Voldemort I'd say because the pain is too difficult to bear and that's all I'm gonna say on the plot but that said the brilliance of rest and why we say we don't talk about Bruno is because we don't have to talk about Bruno Bruno is this analogy for the trauma that you think is bothering you So we prefer to get to the source, to the root of the problem, and skip Bruno altogether. And then when it's all said and done, you realize that Bruno's not so bad after all. Yeah, and I'm proof of that because every time I did a session with you, I was like this big major moment happened and it wasn't, right? It was like scary in the moment and the little tears, you know, tears were coming and stuff like that. But then it's like gone. It's like a smoke kind of evaporates and it's gone and you're like, oh, that was easy. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. One of our co-founders says it's like non-invasive brain surgery. It's, you know, it's painless. And sometimes it can be fun. You and I had a few laughs during it too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I vividly remember us doing that one session we had where we couldn't even look at each other or we would start cracking up. It was just like, it would nonstop laughing. So it's good. It's not all, you know, tears and anger and frustration. It could be fun too. Yeah. So how did you even get into Rust? Like, what's your story? Like, clearly you've done a ton of things, right? You've done editing, like film. How did you get to Rust? Well, I guess I would say I'll start with my personal experience. And it's actually experience of a patient. I was having health issues. And I could feel like this shame storm coming on. And this time it wasn't from me internally, because I can really give it myself my own shame storm. This was coming from a doctor. You know, this doctor didn't know me, but all he saw were the results of my scans. He didn't look at my lifestyle choices. And he told me, he said, you shouldn't have waited so long to get in here. And I felt like I was being reprimanded. And I wanted to flip a freaking table. (laughs) I was enraged. I was so mad at this guy, but all I could do was just let these tears roll down my face as he's telling me to prepare for surgery. And all that kept running through my head, Gabby, were the years that I spent trying to figure out what was wrong with me. But practitioner after practitioner was telling me that I was fine. And then this doctor tells me I should have come in earlier. I was doing the work, but also, to be fair, my blood tests were completely solid. For over a decade, I ate clean, I practiced yoga, gluten-free, and I was happy. But on this journey to discover out the problem that was wrong with me, this doctor told me, you are disgustingly healthy, and he just closed the door on me. And it just makes me think about how many other people have gone through that too. 
But the truth is he wasn't wrong. I was disgustingly healthy, but even after my surgery, the symptoms came back worse than they were before. And man, I felt hopeless at this point. I was frustrated and I felt like a fraud because I was working in the wellness industry, doing everything right. And I was still struggling. So I sought out another opinion and I turned to someone who knows me, my friend, my mentor, and one of my co-founders now, Dr. Mitra Ray. And I wish everybody had someone like her in their pocket because instead of giving me an answer to my health issues, she said, have you ever thought this could be emotional? I didn't even know what she meant at this. Without answering, she gave me the best prescription and she said, I want you to work with Dr. Cindy Schultz. And that is when my life shifted because Dr. Cindy created this magical thing. She connected me to an event in my childhood, just like you and I have done, and we figured out what was holding me back. And that event helped me realize it was contributing to my health problems as an adult. I was kind of like, hold up, Dr. Cindy, like I had a great childhood. But she shared with me that even though I had a great childhood, I was still dealing with some deep-rooted emotional trauma, and I didn't even realize it. Now, trauma can be really scary when I say that word to people, but what a child sees as trauma is very different from what we look at as trauma. But what's crazy, and maybe, you know, when you share your experience, you might be able to speak to this, but I felt this weight after one session with her. It was like somebody just lifted this ton of bricks off of my shoulders, but I didn't even know this whole time I had been carrying it. Like, I didn't even know I had that problem, and I felt so much lighter. So after one session, I just completely barreled my way and invited myself in to learn this. I said, you cannot be the only person who knows how to do this. The world needs this. You've got to teach me. I finally found a solution that everyone can benefit from, not just those people who are suffering with physical ailments like me. So I just have to say with a little bit of work, I am now symptom-free. And even though I'm not a doctor, I did get a chance to co-found Rest with two female PhDs who I love and adore, Dr. Cindy Schultz and Dr. Mitra Ray. And I guess I get to say that I'm proof that you don't have to have some fancy letters behind your name to learn the technique, which is really, really cool. So for us, the past two years, we've certified, gosh, I bet we're almost at 100 coaches now. And you know, this modality has been helping people move past their emotional trauma so they can move forward. And, you know, if I think of like what I was like, instead of feeling this hopelessness, feeling I feel hopeful, you know, I've got a tool in my toolbox that almost anyone can benefit from. And instead of feeling that frustration, I feel fortunate that, you know, my health struggle created an opportunity. This opportunity allowed me to be a part of something that was bigger than myself. Instead of feeling like a fraud, I have this newfound confidence. It's like that thing that I was missing in my journey. So yeah, we're bringing this to millions of people. We're creating a revolution. And it's really to help as many people as possible get to the root of their problems. Because I just believe that if we don't deal with the emotional trauma our bodies are holding, then we haven't reached that foundation of healing, right? We're going to deal with it now or later. Yeah, exactly. And I found in not only my own journey of working with you, but just even seeing my family, like friends, people go through something similar is not quite rest, but like, right, dealing with the traumas and overcoming those generational habits and things that have been passed down year after year after year and all the stories, you know, they end up doing a lot better when they let go of it, like significantly better, but they don't actually know what it is they need to let go, but they know it's something, right? We all know something's wrong, but we don't actually know what it is. 
Yeah, we do. And, you know, that makes me think about, I literally have this book next to me. I don't know if you've seen this, What Happened to You? It's a book that was recently written by Oprah and another neuroscience doctor, Bruce Perry. And it's all about what rest is about. They're telling our story. It's conversations on trauma and how it's about what happened to you. There's nothing wrong with you. And I think that's the first place to go. There's literally nothing wrong with anyone. It's about what happened to you. It's temporary if we can undo the damage. Yeah. And I like how you keep talking about the fact that trauma doesn't have to be these big, scary events. They could be very small things. Like even mine was like, I remember one of my most original events happened to be that I overheard a conversation of my mom talking to a doctor about me. And then all of a sudden, here I am at age 29, like carrying the burden of overhearing that conversation years later, even though really looking back, it seems insignificant. doesn't really matter, but it did. It did. Yeah. That's the part is like it mattered to the child. Like you can see if you go in down any toy aisle in Target right now and you see a kid freaking out because they can't get a toy, that's a traumatic event to them. But as adults, we're like, well, the kid just, you know, whatever the story is, they have too many toys. They haven't earned the toy. Maybe mom and dad can't afford the toy. Whatever it is, there's a logical explanation from an adult perspective. But to a child, it's hard. Yeah. So what is like the most original event mean? What does that term actually mean? So as humans, we're really good at connecting the dots to think, to finding similarities, right? Well, there's a most original event in which you experienced some trauma. So let's put it into perspective of, I like to use the bathtub analogy. It comes up a lot in rest sessions. Oftentimes that young child isn't ready to get out of the bathtub. They're in this imaginary world. Maybe there's these bubbles flying all over and it's just the coolest thing. Their imaginations are just totally in the moment. And then mom or dad comes in and they scoop their body up and they pull them out and they're like rushing them onto bed. And they just know they're like, I'm never going to be able to have that experience again. So to them, That's a trauma. That's a death unless it's been soothed. And we never know what's going to be soothed. There's what's not. Parents don't realize that that's a trauma sometimes. If it hasn't been soothed, well, the child realizes how to deal with it. They go through a certain amount of emotions that they experience and they overcome it by some way, shape, or how. And that creates this habitual cycle that every time something similar happens, when you get ripped out of a bathtub, maybe somebody scares you or there's just this chain of events that I can't tell you exactly what it is because we're all human. We all have different things. We're like these little snowflakes. It depends on what the next event was. And all these events create this chain reaction and It's like the brain goes, oh, I remember we survived getting ripped out of the bathtub. So let's utilize the way we survived and apply it to this experience as well. And then it just keeps going down the line. So what's really happening is you're creating this original event that creates this chain reaction that's connected to events that you're experiencing that are stressing you out now as an adult. And because you have this habitual cycle of dealing with the problem because you survived that way, you can survive this way again, we end up acting like two-year-olds in our stressful situations. I think everyone who's in corporate right now can relate to that hardcore of all the the terrible twos who are really just poor managers in corporate. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, so they're probably thinking of some names and they're like, oh yeah, they're acting like a two-year-old. So there's really, again, there's nothing wrong with them. They're operating on a habitual cycle. Their brain is just wired that way. It's just repetitive. So you have to break the cycle. And that's what rest does. It goes back and helps soothe those emotions. And it almost like takes it from the amygdala is the oldest part of your brain. And that's where we have like these reactions, these stress reactions. Once we go through rest, 
I like to say we're kind of like this librarian. We take the original event that's in the back of the brain and we bring it up and file it so perfectly and nicely and cleanly in the very front of your brain and uh, the prefrontal cortex. And now we can look at something logically and not be so triggered by it anymore. So now we're not acting like a two-year-old so much. Yeah. It's really incredible the amount of change that happens immediately after recognizing that because it almost becomes comical. You're like, oh, like that's so silly. Like, okay, I don't need to act that way anymore. And of course, right there takes time to like do more work and stuff like that. It's not overnight success, but it is pretty quick. Yeah, it's pretty quick. I mean, one of the things that we I would require and I think all of our coaches do is when you have a rest session, and I know I've told you this, get good sleep. I mean, we spend, what, a third of our life sleeping? So it's important that we're having really, really good sleep. But the important reason is is because it allows everything to integrate. If you've ever watched the movie, gosh, I'm full of the Disney movies and Pixar movies today, Inside Out, it's a really good replication of when you go to sleep, what happens in your brain. Everything's getting filed out and resorted. And that's what happens after a rest session. Let me break it down even more simply. It's like if you're a parent and you guys have kids Once you put the kids down for bed, this is finally the opportunity for you to sit down and have a conversation with your partner. Maybe you get to have a beer with them and just talk about your day. So when you're sleeping, the way I look at it is it's the first time that your conscious and your subconscious get to have a conversation and your subconscious and your conscious are like, dude, what just happened? What did we do today? That was crazy. You know, so then they get to like do all this downloading integration. And we say it probably takes at least the start of three days of integration, but that's really fast when people have been working on stuff over and over for the same thing and it hasn't made changes. And typically it's because they haven't gotten to the source. They haven't gone to the root, which is the most original event. Yeah. And as someone who spent probably anywhere upwards of Five to ten to fifteen thousand dollars, if not more, on masterminds, coaching, books, courses. I mean, over the course of the last ten years of my adult life, I didn't make that much progress until I literally did this. That's how effective it is, which is still like baffling to me. <laughs> it still gives me the warm and fuzzies to hear that. Like, I'm not surprised. I know it works, but it's just when you get to work with people and especially who are so highly driven and motivated like you, like you obviously have a big vision. Listen to any of your podcasts and you can hear it. So to be able to play a role in this is just a total gift. Yeah. I, I mean, Small role. I thank you for saying that, but you're one of the people who helped me recognize that too. Cause for so long, I mean, when we were talking, I was operating in the sense of like, oh, this is a cute hobby. Like, who am I? I'm not special. Like none of this is good. And then I realized that's because I've been walking around with that mentality of playing small for so many years. Because when I was younger, I actually walked before I crawled. And so my family was freaking out. Like, why is she acting like that was the rest session with us where it was like, oh, why is she doing this? Like, it's so crazy. Like, we can't keep up. Like, blah, blah, blah. She's only six months. This is insane. She's going backwards. And here I am at 29 years old doing what everyone would say, quote unquote, is backwards and still pushing myself to be small so that in my subconscious, I don't let people be upset or something like that, right? There is a pattern to it, but now it's slowly evaporating, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I I completely forgot about that. It's funny when you do rest sessions, like I probably have told you multiple times, but it's like rest amnesia. As the coach, I don't remember much about what we do. It's like this active hypnosis, I guess, that we go through. But yeah, it's really incredible. And it's just been so awesome to watch you just break through barriers on like, yeah, not give a fuck. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm definitely gonna, I'm gonna have to do more rest sessions because there's definitely more stuff that's coming up over time. But I'm wondering... 
I don't know if I asked this in the beginning, like more clearly, but what specifically is rest? Like, how do you actually break it down? Like textbook for people to like get it. So rest, first of all, it's spelt like rest with two R's. So R-R-E-S-T. And because my two co-founders are scientists, the title stands for, it's an acronym, Rapid Reprogramming of Emotional Stress Technique. It's a whole lot of neuroscience and a little bit of magic. So there's some energy work that it's included, and it's a bunch of modalities. So Dr. Cindy Scholes is the creator of REST. She's a neuroscientist, and then she went into medical hypnotherapy, and then she started doing all these other modalities. So it's like we stand on the shoulders of giants. So there's a little bit of really awesome modalities all kind of rolled into everything, but it's that effective way. And it is, as far as I know, the only modalities that I am aware of that gets to the original event. So Basically, it's looking at, rest is looking at, what are you stressing on? Like right now, what's currently holding you back? Maybe what's keeping you up at night? Or like high performers, you may be doing everything you can. Maybe you're doing everything that your coach or your mentor is telling you to do, but you're not leaping over as quickly as you'd like to. So rest allows us to find out what's going on and what happened to you so that we can pull everything out by the roots. Like when you do some weeding of the garden of the mind, now you have this fresh soil where you can plant a new seed. And, you know, for you and I, we did a lot of visualization at the end of your, I always say like Gabby 3.0, like it's not just 2.0, it's 3.0, like your best self or your ego is not allowed to have any conversation about what you really want and your desire. So we get to, from an active hypnosis role, throw that into the mix and let you see your future self. So everybody gets really excited about like, oh, what happened? I'm, you know, I want to clarify, none of us are Miss Cleo. Our coaches are not Miss Cleo. They're not psychic, but they do have a way to find out what happened to you. And people get so excited about the past. And I say, go to the past, jump through it, figure it out, but get to your future, like focus on your future. And that's what I love. My favorite part about rest is, is focusing on that future self. Does that answer a little bit about what rest is? Yeah, it does. I just wanted to make sure for the listeners, they really understood it because I realized you and I have spoken a lot. So I, I know what rest is and you know what rest is, but it's one of those things that it's still very difficult to even comprehend if you haven't had the experience yourself. But it's incredible, like really what can happen. And it's definitely going to be in my tool belt for like years to come because it really did make a huge transformation in my life, those three weeks that I worked with you, like crazy shit happened. That's when my media stuff blew up and all of a sudden business was booming and like mindset shift and all that. Crazy. Yeah. I think it's like, I mean, if you're someone who believes in energy and vibration and we are truly surrounded by it, so I challenge you if you don't believe in it, maybe dig a little deeper. But I believe that it like allows you to level up your vibration. You've had all this inside you to begin with. You were more than capable of doing all that before you had a rest session. We just unleash the giant. We just woke it up. You did the rest, you know, but like, I feel like the universe is like, all right, Gabby, let's freaking play some ball now. It's like been there with a badge just waiting to go with you, you know? So yeah, I think that's a little bit about what it is. It's that ability to release what's holding you back and launch forward because your vibrations are raised. You know, and Mariah Brown, I hope this is okay if I say this. I'm assuming it is. Mariah and I were talking, it was being interviewed by her last week on the Women's Vibrancy Code. We were like, how do you describe rest to someone? And I said, well, it's kind of like trying to describe chocolate to someone if they've never had it. She goes, no, I've got one better. It's like trying to describe an orgasm if you've never had one. 
Yeah, exactly. Those are both great analogies. You can't describe either. <laughs> You're just like that thing, that warm, fuzzy feeling. It tastes good. Like, cool. <laughs> you just have to experience it. Yeah, that's a great analogy. I'm wondering now whether we're speaking on just like, right, rest as well as like bringing up your vibrations and all these energetic things and just like becoming the next version of yourself. Do you have any suggestions for like tools or things that people can do to help create like energetic magic, if you will? I love tools. I always talk about tools and different things you can add because, I mean, here's the deal. I wish that we had time right now for me to say, this is how you do rest. Now go do it on someone that you love because the world freaking needs this, especially with all the corporate, you know, your entire audience knows what I'm talking about, but also with the pandemic. And I'm going to give you these tools that we use after our rest session. So this might be familiar to you. I love talking about Ho'oponopono. Ho'oponopono, not just because it's super fun to say, but because a psychologist in Hawaii used Ho'oponopono to heal a mental ward for the Kremlin saint. Now, I know this is going to sound deep for a minute, but stick with me. I promise it's going to be worth it. So he healed this mental ward for the Kremlin saint without ever seeing them as a patient in his office. And you're like, what? Okay, so let me tell you about the mental ward first. So this was home to prisoners who committed awful crimes. And I'm talking murder rape, assault, and they were diagnosed with a serious mental disorder. So oftentimes you'd see them shackled, secluded, just for a moment. Imagine being surrounded by concrete all the time without any windows. Now add in Hawaii in the mix. <laughs> like I live on the island and I can't imagine not being able to feel the trade winds or you know hear the palm trees or smell the plumerias, all the things. So that alone would make me crazy. Add in the criminally insane part and you're probably not going to be in the running for the best workplace award. So let's talk about the staff. The staff at the ward used all of their sick days, all of their vacation days right away. So when they were at work, they would walk with their backs to the wall because the ward was averaging three to four attacks a day by the prisoners. The energy, here we go, the energy, the energy was so bad, the plants wouldn't grow and the paint wouldn't stick to the walls. It's in a book called Zero Limits. Like, read about it if this if you're like, no way. Seriously, the paint wasn't sticking. And there was this revolving door on the therapists who were in and out. But when this man, E. Haleakala Hulen, arrived, things were different. He laughed a lot. Everybody loved him. They loved him, even though it didn't seem like he was doing much work. Now, remember in the beginning, I said he never saw a patient in his office. But he did see a patient in the hall one day, and the patient said to him, I bet I could kill you. And Hugh Lynn said, I bet you could do a good job, too. Do you remember Buddy the Elf? Yeah, that is such a Buddy the Elf response. <laughs> right? Like, I can just see him putting his hands on his hips to be like, I bet you could do a good job, too. So he just is such a kind guy. Really, the reality is, is the patients and the ward, the physical building itself, didn't feel love. So E. Haleakala, Hugh Len, loved everything. He even told the walls that he loved them. So what happened a few months later is everything shifted. No more shackles, no more seclusion. Prisoners were playing tennis with the staff. Medication levels were dropping. Plants were growing. And the paint was sticking to the walls. Four years later, the ward didn't exist. So what happened? Ho'oponopono. Hugh Len, he didn't sit with the inmates. 
He didn't listen to their stories, but he did sit with their files, like holding up their files and reading them. And he'd read all about the horrible things that they did. And he'd wonder what in me caused this person to do the things they did. And Gabby, my ego, completely struggled with this at first. I was like, I mean, come on, how is a man responsible for someone else's wrongdoings? And he's never even met them. The short answer is, we're all connected. You and I are connected. Your listeners are connected. The whole world is connected. You know, no matter what your religious beliefs may be, if you think about the deepest human need, it's to love. It's to be loved. So Hugh Len just took this responsibility with himself for the problems that were basically outside himself. And he did what he called cleaning. He used Ho'oponopono, which is four simple statements repeated over and over again. And here they are. And I'm going to say them slowly if you want to write them down. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I like to add in, I love and adore you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. That's it. I mean, that's the secret sauce to Ho'oponopono. It releases the energy of these painful thoughts, which can lead to imbalance and disease in our bodies. It makes me wonder if a man can heal a ward full of criminally insane prisoners who he doesn't know, what can you and I do in our lives? And I'll tell you something that's like much lighter than what you know, I just explained with the ward is I use Ho'oponopono all the time. Like when I get to the airport and I check in, I'm looking at the gate agent and I'm saying in my head, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And I cannot tell you how many times I get upgraded to first class and I find parking spots with this thing too. I'm literally going to use this on my flight to Austin next week. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm standing by. You got to tell me if you're upgraded. That's so funny though. But I love, it's such a simple tool, but it's so nice. Like even you saying it, I mean, just you in general, I always feel calmer and like in the loving space around you because that's just like who you are. But even that phrase itself, like it gives you the permission to like, we're all children, right? We're all figuring it out. Everything's okay. Nothing's a mistake. Nothing is perfect. Like just chill and love yourself and love everyone around you. Like, cool, let's do it. Yes. Yes, that's it. And like, I know it's hard to love other people. Like, do you think it was easy for Hugh Len to look at these people who murdered and raped women? And he still was able to go inside himself and say, what was, how was I a part of this? And it's just the energetics. And he just kept what he said, cleaning over and over and over again. And it's really about attaching that emotion to it. So it's so easy that people don't do it. And I know that if they did and they made it consistently a habit, so much would change even without a rest session. Yeah, that coupled with your very powerful bus stop conversation, which even when I think about it, gets me really emotional. So can you share it? Yes, I would love to. Yes, and it's so good to pair it with that. Okay, so the bus stop conversation can change the paradigm of your current story. We all know that oftentimes there's a villain in our current story or situation. We are so good at blaming others and making someone else responsible for our problems. And I'm admitting this. I'm just as good as anybody else. But we also know that we can't change others. We can't change how they see things. The reason this is important is because we allow bad memories to play over and over and over again in our heads. And it does ourselves no good. And when I say cells, I'm talking our cellular makeup. It does us no good when we do this. But the good news is, is that when you recall a memory, that memory is open for change. 
There is a window of opportunity lasting for about 10 to 15 minutes to make a shift. So I always just say opportunity is knocking. The bust out conversation is a tool to take advantage of that 10 to 15 minute window and change our perspective. Dr. Cindy, one of my fellow co-founders and neuroscientists and creator of rest, she says that we can use neuroplasticity to change our past so that we can change our future. So maybe you've heard our brains are plastic. Have you heard that before? I have, yeah. So basically what that means is things can be molded and changed. And it really, you know, 10 to 15 minutes is a really great time frame, but it can be over time as well. People think that memory is permanent, but it changes. So if you take advantage of that plasticity, that changes how our cells function. I mean, to me, that's just incredible. That's one of the reasons why spontaneous healing can happen. So the bus stop conversation, I learned about this when I was planning my high school reunion. At the time, my classmate, and I'm just going to call him Bob, he got into this horrible accident. And if my memory serves me correctly, he was driving down a highway with his wife and his four-year-old son. They were heading home after meeting their brand new niece for the first time. And then in this instant, his family was gone. A drunk driver crashed into their car, killing his wife on impact and his son days later. And Bob was in a coma for months. So when he came out of it, he learned the heartbreaking news while also fighting for his own life. He is a total miracle. And I sent him prayers and Ho'oponopono as much as I could, but I couldn't shake this anger that I felt for such a selfish decision on the drunk driver's part. I couldn't imagine the rage that this family must have been feeling towards the driver. And then, talk about timing, I learned about the bus stop conversation in a book called Energy Codes. And the bus stop conversation is a metaphor that came to Dr. Sue Mortar in a meditation. So let's play along. If you're not driving, close your eyes. And Gabby, you're welcome to do it too, if you want. Okay, so (laughs) close your eyes, get cozy. And imagine yourself at a cosmic bus stop where you and I and others were preparing for this journey to the physical plane. And to pass the time, we start chatting with other souls at the bus stop. And we're talking about our plans and our agendas on earth. And imagine I turn to you, Gabby, and I say, so what are you going to do there? And you reply, I want to know my ability to forgive. And I'm not talking just like level two or level three. I'm going all in like 10x, just like you would. And I respond to you, (laughs) tell me more. What does that look like? And you say, I suppose it's going to have to involve someone doing something that is unforgivable. Okay, so now I'm completely intrigued. And I say to you, all right, what would that be? And you say, well, I guess it would involve driving on a road with my family and a drunk driver hits us. My wife dies on impact and my son is on life support. And my family ends up having to make the decision to take my son off of life support. And months later, I come out of my coma to learn that I lost the loves of my life. And years after years of anger, I'll learn to forgive the drunk driver. Okay, so now I'm in complete awe and I say, whew, that is powerful. And then I ask you this very important question and I say, Gabby, who is going to be your drunk driver? And now it's like there's this awkward pause at the bus stop and the energy shifts and the souls, I imagine that the souls have their like 
devices with them and they start scrolling. <laughs> Awkward silence. Don't make eye contact, guys. <laughs> no eye contact at all. And then all of a sudden we hear, Gabby, we hear someone from the back and they call out and they say, I'll be your drunk driver because I can see how much it means to you and because I love you so much. I can't get, I can never get through. You this always get me emotional when you talk to this is like the second or third time you've told me the story and I always get teary eyed. And so that to me right there is confirmation that whether it's true or not, I don't know. It still hits me in the feels. It's like the way that our bodies are physiologically responding to this thought of another soul being willing to take one for the team. It shows me that there is something there, some sort of evidence that it goes back to when I talked about Ho'oponopono, we are love. We are one. We're connected. It's just we don't have our ego with us when we decide to take one for the team. You know, if it was like life on earth, most people wouldn't want to be your drunk driver. Oh, hell no. When they're like in on the plane and they're like, hey, like who wants to change your seat to like accommodate blah, blah, blah. I'm like fucking A, don't look at me. <laughs> I paid for this seat. I don't want to move. Yes, <laughs> that's it. Fuck no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> And that's like literally a $25 seat. It's not like a life-changing moment of like being a drunk driver, like the implications it has on your life. Like it's so different, but that's what it feels like. Yeah, that's it. And then it takes me back if we remove ourselves from the plane and we go to the cosmic bus stop now, it makes me think about like Hulen again, and how we're responsible for what happens. So it goes back to Ho'oponopono. And I want to be clear. Let me, like, some of these people are thinking of these super traumatic experiences they've been through right now. I know it. And I get that many of us have had traumatic experience. In fact, Dr. Cindy talks about how 70% of people have experienced at least one adverse childhood experience. In fact, there's a, a test you can take to find out where you are in that line. I need to remember to give you a link to that. It's known as an ACE. The idea is, is that finding compassion for the wrongdoer isn't easy. And I'm not saying that you must forgive them. I'm not. But holding on to resentment isn't hurting the other person. It's hurting yourself. It's a tough pill to swallow, but it's hurting yourself. When you entertain the idea of the bus stop conversation, it invites you to interrupt that pattern of allowing bad memories to play over and over and over in our heads. So the bus stop is a a conversation that helps us to shift that perspective and move forward with more freedom to create what you want in your life. It's a metaphor. Integrating that metaphor of the bus stop conversation right after a rest session, we're utilizing that window of opportunity where that memory is open for change. And it's released the victim mentality in our clients and rekindled so many relationships that were on the rocks. So I guess what I'd say with this, just end the conversation around the bus stop, is everyone else is telling you that forgiveness is the way. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm saying that forgiveness is a lot easier when you have another tool that helps you use your story to change that paradigm. If you could think when you're wronged or when you're stressed and someone else is a villain, you can think, how might this have played out at the bus stop? So powerful. And I'm finding this shift 
at least in my community, in my circle, um, majorly the people that I've been, you know, connected with over this past year of like, people are now shifting their perspective to think life is for them instead of against them. You know, that mentality of like, it's not doing anything against you, right? We're not hurting you. Everything, even if it's a misstep or pivot, whatever it is, it's all for you and for this greater purpose. You just are looking at it from a perspective that isn't so great. Yeah. Shift in paradigm, baby. That's awesome. That's it. So I'm wondering, just now that we're talking about like mindset and shifting things, like how can we change our mindset from something is wrong with us to something happened to us, which is so hard because I feel like in this also in the world right now, everyone always thinks there's something wrong with us, right? Deeply, deeply wrong with us. Like, right, we can't hit the six figure mark. So something must be wrong with us. We can't attract a partner who's respectful. Must be something wrong with us, right? There's always something that indicates that something is wrong with us instead of just to your notion of no, but something happened to you. That's it. That's it. And it's all like this mindset shift, but I also think it's this opportunity. Like, I believe that we all come into this life with a purpose. Part of that journey in life is being able to discover what that purpose is and also being okay to notice that your purpose may shift. You know, you thought when you were in the corporate world that probably you were going to climb that corporate ladder. And then something changed and your purpose woke you up in a new way and it guided you. And who knows where it's going to take you even, I mean, you're doing such great things with the podcast. It's like, to me, it's like those breadcrumbs. So I think it's a sense of just whatever you believe, asking for a sign, praying for a sign, praying for support to say, show me the next step. Take me to the next breadcrumb. Sometimes we don't have to make it too difficult, but I think awareness is everything. Being aware of what lights you up. Humans are so good at stuffing everything, you know? We just ignore and stuff. And opening that sense up to really have an awareness to what lights you up, what sets you on fire, and act on that immediately. Because, like, opportunity is knocking. Don't let that moment pass you by. Yeah. I think sometimes we, at least for myself included... I have issues even identifying what that opportunity is because sometimes it's right. It's not this big major event that happens. It might just be one conversation or like some email, right? It could be so little and so incremental that you're like, oh, it's whatever. But then you almost get into the place of like, oh, but that could have been something. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if it feels good, I say, go for it. Try it. Go that direction. See what happens. You can always turn back around. Yeah. I like to look at life as a revolving door. It seems a lot less scary when you look at it that way. Yeah. I like that. I like that visual. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you could give advice to your younger self, what would that be? Oh, I love that you asked this question. I would say, (laughs) it's going to sound funny, but let your freak flag fly. You know, (laughs) we spend so much time and energy trying to be normal and I'm so tired of it. Let's fight freaking normal and be the snowflakes that we are and show up in the world. And if people don't like it, then whatever. They're just, they're not your people. Let your freak flag fly. Yeah. I love that. I think that's the trend nowadays. It's actually becoming normal to be like a little bit quirky and like a little odd, which is wonderful. It's slow, but we're getting there. We're getting there. We're on an upward trajectory for it. So, and I love how you own it. You're not even in your 30s yet and you you know who you are and it's a beautiful thing to see. And I love to see how you're inspiring other people to do what their heart is calling them to do. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. I'm still figuring my shit out. I definitely don't have it all figured out, but we're scratching the surface for sure. Leaving corporate has helped that tremendously, but thank you. 
So I'm wondering for my listeners who are now sold on rest, if they want to work with you, how do they find things about rest or even understanding it or who you are or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. There's multiple different ways that they can approach. Most of the time, people still want to have a conversation about what it is. So we do offer like a free consultation. This is where they can just, you know, talk to one of us for 30 minutes and just be able to get their questions answered. Because again, we talked about, it's like trying to describe chocolate without ever eating it. We want to make sure that they have an understanding of what it is. And they can also schedule a time to get rest sessions right then and there too. I'm going to see if we can set up like a corporate quitter discount with our team. Oh, nice. So if they get on that consultation, and again, it's free. It's not like we're we're not about making people feel uncomfortable or, you know, feel like they're pressured into sales or anything like that. We practice what we preach. So it's a conversation to find out what it is that you're looking for. And um, sometimes we can pair you up with a coach who we feel like would be the best fit too. But we do have a link if they do just want to go and get rest sessions. I can give you a link if you want to put that in the, the information. We're on social media. Um, we're, we're trying to work it a little bit. We're starting up a Instagram page. So that's at rest underscore Inc. Same as our TikTok at rest underscore Inc. And we do also have a Facebook group. That Facebook group has a lot. It's private, but you can just request to be added. And it has a lot of information. You get to meet some of the other coaches that we have. You also get to meet my co-founders who I love and adore. That's Rethinking Mental Wellness with Rest. Remember, Rest is spelled with two R's. Um, but if you just want to have a conversation with me too, I'm at Christy Lee Nix on Instagram and TikTok. It's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E. L-E-E-N-I-X. But I can give you some information. And I really want to remember to give you the adverse childhood experience um, score because I feel like it might be worthy of noting because a lot of times that's a big fear that people are afraid will come up in a rest session. Like I said at the beginning, I had a great childhood, but there's a lot of people who had some struggles, some major things that happen. There was a study done by Kaiser Permanente and CDC back in 95, and they had over 17,000 participants at this time. And they did this survey to find out how many people had experienced adverse childhood experiences. And now these categories could be someone who raised you, who was incarcerated, they've gone through addiction, violence, divorce, neglect, abuse. How this impacts is that anyone who had at least one of those ACEs, one of those categories, there was about 67% of the population, almost 70% of the population had at least one of these experiences. So trauma is normal. I want to normalize that. Like, we've been through it. Trauma is normal. But 17% of the population experienced four or more. And this impacts life expectancy. I think it was life expectancy was dropped by 20 years if you had four or more adverse childhood experiences. Like, big deal. And two and a half times more likely to get heart disease. They're four and a half times more likely to have depression. 12 times more likely to commit suicide and two times more likely to have cancer. So I want to address that adverse childhood experiences are real. And oftentimes people are afraid to do a rest session because they're afraid of digging up those big things, right? But when you stuff it, it shows up later in the heart disease and the depression and the suicide, it can. But it's also not permanent. There's so many different ways that you can work through it. Rest, when we talk about the original event, 
more often than not, never one of these adverse childhood experiences. Yeah, mine was so fucking random. So random. I was like, I don't even remember that shit. How did you figure that out? Yes. Yes, it's so random. And 90% of the clients, I bet, don't even remember it. They're called implicit memories, but they're there. Your body holds on to them like it's like the suitcase, the storage of just holding on to these memories. ACEs are typically not what comes up. It can. So if anyone's concerned, I just want to say there is that. But it is good to know your numbers. I think it's myacescore.org is where you can go to and just... Take the quiz and see what your number is and just know that it's there for awareness. It's not a death sentence. This allows you to think if if you do have four or more life, you know, ACEs and this is dropping your life expectancy by 20 years, let that be the, the line you draw in the sand to say, no, I'm going to do so many other things to combat that, to overcome that. Remember, our brain is plastic. Our body is plastic. We can change ourselves at any moment, especially with new adaptions to lifestyle things. So I just want to say that about adverse childhood experiences too. I know what I'm doing immediately after this call. <laughs> <laughs> Run over to Google. Yes. Yes. Check out your ACE score. It's good to know. This is awesome. I know a lot of people are going to benefit tremendously from it. So thank you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Corporate Quitter podcast. Visit corporatequitter.com for resources, extended content, and additional information about our guests. To connect with us, stay up to date on all things Corporate Quitter, and to learn more about how you can leave the nine to five, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys.